0: You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all, and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka. Hi, everybody. It's On a Mother Level, and it is a week before Christmas. So glad you're here to listen to another episode because this is a fun conversation. You know, doing these things over Zoom isn't my favorite, but it does allow me to reach out to some people that I normally wouldn't be able to have in the podcast studio. And so that's why I called my buddy Mike. You're going to hear how he and I met. We both were students in the Western Illinois University Broadcasting Department. And we were pretty competitive with each other um, (laughs) on a lot of our projects, which was always a lot of fun. And we got to be good friends, especially because at some point, you know, we both went off to our jobs in different states, and then randomly our jobs put us back together again in Wichita, Kansas. So I make him, I force him against his will to tell what I believe is a really romantic, sweet story about meeting his wife, how he fell in love with her, and it was not easy as sometimes it isn't, to get together and make the timing work. So I forced him against his will to tell a story that he believes is embarrassing. So if you listen and agree that I put him through torture, let me know. But I believe that he was telling a really sweet story about, you know, as I tell it later, it's the tango, it's the push-pull. You know, it's the stuff that Hallmark movies are made of. And that's the time of year we're in. We're in the Hallmark movie phase. And so that's why Mike is here today to deliver this Hallmark movie episode of On a Mother Level. And my apologies to Allison if I wasn't supposed to tell this story. That's Mike's wife. And she is sweet and beautiful and um, a true delight if she puts up with Mike in her everyday life. Um, So here's Mike. This is on a mother level. Please follow along for some preview clips on our Instagram page. It's at on a mother level. And we begin because Mike is talking about the fact that his wife is at home homeschooling their sons right now. And Mike believes that because of her schooling, his children are now intellectually superior to mine. So that's where we begin.
1: Yeah, Allison is like straight up homeschooling them. And, like, Ben is just flying ahead of his peers right now.
0: you think so? Well,
1: no. I mean, she – he's talking about less than equal to yesterday. Less than, greater than, equal to. And I'm like, what?
0: So are are you really going to start this podcast by discussing how superior your children are to others?
1: (laughs) Is this – do we start already?
0: Yeah, we're starting. I start whenever I decide we
1: start. Superior in some ways. I mean, we're potty training Alexander right now, and – that's not going great so I'm sure uh, I'm sure others uh do better with that.
0: Well yeah, because potty trading is a man's domain. I mean, you guys understand all the equipment, all the situations. I feel like you should be taking the uh lead on this.
1: I mean, I we have experience in that regard sure, but <laughs> I don't know how to convince a child to poop in the toilet if that's what you're, that's what you're saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like dads excel at this sort of a thing, but...
1: We're good at the post-bathroom celebration dance. I think, you know, we really oh. get all excited about that.
0: Okay, but, what does that entail exactly?
1: I'm sure you've heard of Look Who's Talking. <laughs> it, it's the pee-pee and the potty dance, and then you just do kind of like a little uh, little hand-pumping thing and... You get down, you break it down. I try to keep it really highbrow. You're just asking the questions that lead yeah, to Yeah, you're right, you're
0: right. I'm leading this straight into the sewer. Exactly. Pick Mike Kirkhoff on the podcast today, what a delight. I can't believe that I haven't asked you to do this before. It came to me the other day when we were doing this Zoom thing mm-hmm. for Western Illinois Broadcast Alumni and we were all talking shop and revisiting where our lives have gone and so, gosh, it was good to catch up with you, buddy.
1: It was. It was so nice to see you and everyone else that we talked to. I was trying to figure out while I was driving home from work today to be, we've known each other for at least 15 years, probably Mm -hmm. 16, 17, you know, you get into it and broadcasting at uh, Western Illinois. So we probably met pretty early on.
0: Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about just job stuff we can get to a little bit. And then um since you are in news, I feel like you are uniquely qualified to comment on some headlines that I'm going to pull. Some non-political headlines. Okay. Um, why don't, uh, I mean, you kind of did already, but why don't you tell the folks something they should know about me?
1: Let's see. You are from Buffalo Grove or Palatine or something? Palatine. Palatine, that's right.
0: Yeah, so we grew up like a half hour away from each other.
1: That's yeah. funny. We're in the same football conference, same or same school district, I guess, is <laughs> a Less jocular way to put that, right? I went to homecoming at Fremd, but I wasn't invited, like as a member of the student council. I bet you didn't know that.
0: No, I did not. Wait, so, so but we're the same age. Does that mean we were potentially at the same homecoming dance?
1: We probably slow danced together <laughs> five years ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. There was like weird? a guest, like student council situation. How the heck yeah, did like, that
1: happen? I guess you invite the other student council over because the student council does put, like, you know, decorates and stuff. And so we oh, went. Of
0: course you were on student council, by the way. That's like predictable.
1: Uh, listen, I am a young <laughs> leader. I was a young leader. Now I'm an old guy. <laughs> uh, but you asked me what people should know about you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are we allowed to say all these things? I'm not going to yeah. say. Yeah,
0: things. Yeah. say whatever you want. Yeah.
1: Sure. You're a very, you're, you're tall. You, wow, what
0: revealing information. <laughs>
1: You're one of the funniest people I know. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow, that's really nice of you to say.
1: And every time you post a story, I'm like, oh, she is good. I was hoping (laughs) you're not as good, but you always are good. And that that, uh, frustrates me.
0: Oh, wow. And you're very good at
1: this podcast, by the way. And I think on a mother level is a hilariously clever pun. And I give you props for that, too. I'm going to stop complimenting you. I don't know why I'm doing that. I've never done that Well,
0: I mean, this is honestly a first. I don't think you've ever said anything nice to me. So on a mother level is my sister-in-law's title that she came up with. Oh, okay. So you didn't come up
1: with it. That makes sense to me. I didn't come up
0: with it. Yeah. So technically, you're not complimenting me. But Erica came up with it, and it was like freaking genius. You, you should have heard the garbage titles that I came up with. Awful. But I have this thing, Mike. I have a thing. I love when things have names. Whenever I think of like a segment I want to do or like an after way to spend an afternoon, it's got to have a name. I really love when things have names.
1: <laughs> like the Big Mike podcast.
0: Yeah, this is the Big Mike pod.
1: <laughs> I was listening to a non-Big Mike, Big Mike pod uh-huh. and your story about the designer and the entry-level granite I was dying. Entry-level granite. That yeah. is what I want to call you from now on.
0: Yeah, I am just in life. I am entry-level granite, where I like, look okay, you know, and people think that maybe you've upgraded, but if you pulled the receipts, not really.
1: No. no. So ask me the question, what's one thing people should know about you? Again, yeah, ask what's something
0: people should know about me? Denise, i describe you as entry-level granite. You know what I mean? Oh my God. So does that make you laminate? Or are you a more a Carrera marble? I am just solid oak. Is that good? I don't know yeah. about stuff. <laughs> outdated, but solid.
1: <laughs> solid. Reliable.
0: A little orangey? No. <laughs> a lot of lacquer applied? Okay, so um, Mike, you have two kids. You have two uh-huh. boys also. They are five and two, as you reminded me yesterday. Can you talk to me about the level of violence in your home? Because I also have two boys, and I feel like the level of violence, even though they are younger, is, is reaching concerning levels.
1: Oh, yeah. But, like, I teach it to them. You know, we wrestle. <laughs> I, I get home, and we just wrestle constantly. If I try to do, like, like one push-up on the ground, they're, like, on top of me, and then we just go at it. And they go at it. But that's what brothers do. I, my brother is seven years younger than me. I only have one sibling. A younger brother, so we did it like a little bit. But you know, ours, our kids, my kids, your kids are both pretty close in age, and so you fight. It's the first rule. You you have to fight.
0: I knew that would happen. I just don't think I expected that it would happen when Everett's not even two. (laughs) He fights back pretty good. Yeah, and I mean Abe is not afraid to really go after him, and (laughs) the size difference is substantial. And then you add their dad into the mix. I mean, it is, I can't believe the level of violence in this home. And what is concerning to me is, and I think it's a little bit of a little kid thing regardless, is that it's starting to be noted on the daycare sheets about uh, (laughs) Everett's behavior. Everett just got moved up into the older kid classroom because he like is so violent.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. And I think it's because he has a big brother at home and he's just like, so the the daycare teacher thinks that perhaps Everett, because he's almost two, he's more verbal than some of the littler kids, and so when they don't like communicate back to him, he like lashes out and bites them.
1: <laughs> yeah, biting is certainly an issue. I was bit a couple times yesterday. Oldest gets bit by the youngest all the time, but the youngest, Alexander, uh, who's two and a half, he, you know, he has started using his words as we all like to say these days right. and we try to make sure to validate that and make sure that the oldest ben says okay listen you know listen listen to what he's telling you right now and maybe don't smash him in the face with a pillow right you know <laughs> We're, there's progress but brothers fight brothers close in age they fight they wrestle it's how you how you get strong
0: <laughs> i do feel like because of their size difference. And because there is so much beating up of each other, I'm worried that I yell at Abe more because he's always attacking Everett. And like, if Everett attacks him, it's no big deal. But the other way around, I mean, there could be, there could be some real problems. So do you ever feel like you yell at one more than the other side? Yeah.
1: My wife and I check, check each other on that all the time. Like this is clearly Alexander, the younger one's fault, but now Ben is smashing his head into the ground. But, alexander started it and he probably deserves it actually so let's just <laughs> <laughs> let's just separate them calmly and then deal with it later and try not to yell at the oldest one because you're right it's it's easier because he's the one that should know better even though it's not his fault and he's been poked and prodded and, and needled for hours until it finally just breaks and who can, who can blame him
0: and so we well, the parents
1: it. still up i guess
0: So in the middle of all that, your wife is homeschooling them or in this Mm -hmm. pandemic situation, you have odd work hours because you do the morning show. Um, So how, like, what's the family dynamic right now? How can you paint a picture of what happens in your house during the day?
1: So I get up at 2.01, my alarm is set. I am out the door before 3, and the kids, the youngest one, wakes up at 5 a.m., sometimes earlier, the the oldest one, the five-year-old old, six, six thirty, seven sometimes, and so you know, Allison, my wife is of course up uh, with, with the youngest one, and sometimes they'll lay in bed and watch TV or something if it's if it's really early, or they'll they'll get their day started, um, eat breakfast, start school at like eight thirty, nine o'clock. I'll get home at eleven thirty from work. Okay. And by start school, I mean we have a classroom set up because down here where I'm in this our storage area, we have years worth of actual classrooms in here. I mean right over here is a kindergarten class and a second grade class all in those school but Oh bu- wow. So we had it all set up. We just set it up down out in the basement. They try, they they do their they do their best. They do a great job, but alexander the younger one is constantly bugging them and potty training at the same time, so that's <laughs> been an issue. Yeah. And so I'll get home right when they're eating lunch at 11:30 or so, 12:45 it's nap time for me and nap time for the youngest. And then they'll go and either have a quiet time, a quiet building Lego time, or they'll go and do a, another reading lesson or math lesson. And I get up at 2, 2.30, and then my wife deservedly should get a break. She doesn't always get one, but she should get one. And then uh, me and the kids just wrestle for three hours. And then <laughs> and it's dinner, and we're all in bed at 7 o'clock.
0: Yeah, this all sounds very familiar. Would you say yeah. that your – would your dad duties change – much during the pandemic? Or has your routine been pretty pretty straightforward?
1: My routine has been pretty much the same. And we, I've been in the studio almost all the time. I was home for about a month in Mar- March to mid-April before we decided to start bringing people back sometimes. And then I, I actually, my whole, the whole family had, had COVID. And so I was home for a month then um, in August. But otherwise, my routine, my duties have been pretty much the same. It's one of the hardest things about working. The shift I do, and anyone that works early shifts will know that if you don't get your sleep at the right time, you're just all messed up, and you got to stay on that schedule. It's different than someone that works a second shift or third shift, you know, a different time because you don't sleep well because you don't go to sleep. going to sleep at seven o'clock is not natural for me at least.
0: But yeah, still not.
1: Of course, i have to force myself to do it. Yeah, because the, the, the two-hour nap is, I mean, part of my sleep. You know, that's how I get That's how I get to seven hours
0: of sleep Ugh. every day.
1: Otherwise, it's four and a half or five.
0: That sounds brutal. Yeah. But you guys were really sick with COVID. Like, it, it knocked you down pretty good. Yeah,
1: and it was worse on my wife. It was really, you know, tough to see her, who's brilliant, smart, creative, runs the show here in bed for a week, pretty much, getting up wow. for an hour and then having to go back and lay down. And then I had it, and I had, I had I would say three bad days. One night where I think I was mostly just dehydrated, where I thought I was I might need to go to the doctor to to get an IV or something because I had tried to work out that day and I didn't drink very much water and I was just a mess all day long. You know, every day I would say, "All right, boss, I'll be able to. I, I can do my. I can work. I can work tomorrow." And then that the next after, that later that afternoon, you know what? Never mind. Maybe the next day. I can't do it. And so I ended up being off for two weeks and then working from home for another two weeks after that and then going in. And it was tough. It was difficult. And I'm still having a hard time coming back from it. My wife gets headaches a lot easier. I get headaches and I, I try to work out. And I just can't, I have no energy. Maybe it's part of not doing anything for a month, but I think it still has something to do with the COVID. Not that I'm a doctor or anything, but that's what I think. <laughs> um, obviously so many people have had it so much worse. You know, it's obviously to the level of dying, but hospitalizations, ICU, Uh, the ventilators and all that stuff, we never even, we had had nothing more than Tylenol to to help us out.
0: Yeah, but still, I mean, at the end of the day, you guys are two young people, you know, Mm -hmm. who are both pretty healthy. And I mean, sounds like the impact was, you know, it's long lasting, which, you know, I don't know if people truly understand about this thing.
1: Yeah, which is, and that's weird that people don't really understand because so many people have had it that it it's had to have touched your life in some way now beyond the beyond the closures and everything. You had to have known somebody, but there's such a wide range of symptoms and severity that I guess maybe some people don't know. But yeah, for someone that had a pretty mild case and I'm still seeing effects from it, and some other people that I know still had a mild case and are still seeing the effects of it, it's it's just so it's different. It's, it's difficult. And I, it, it's actually difficult for me to even say that because I know I've done plenty of stories about people that have died and, yeah. you know, I, I feel kind of selfish saying that,
0: I guess. Yeah. Well, you should. Yeah. Um, right. Thank you. Because it's not actually all about you, but, I mean, this podcast is technically, but. um, So the reason I asked you about your dad duties is because one of the articles that I did pull um, was talking about the change in the way households are running due to the pandemic. And so there were a couple of stats in there that were interesting. The percentage of people who say that they're, like the percentage of couples who say that their household and childcare duties are equal, went up from 45% of people saying that they were equal now to 56% of people saying household duties are more equal. Do you think that's, do you think things have changed much in your house or no?
1: The article says that more people say it's equal than before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, like 11%.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, no, I would say it's about the same, but then I, my hours never really changed if I was yeah. gone all day and then all of a sudden I'm home all day. I think that would make a difference. But I am gone most of the time while they're still sleeping, and home, you know, while they're eating lunch. So I'm still. I mean, I I've been here, I, and I always have been here as long as we've had kids. And so, yeah, I don't think it's changed that much. We've tried to pick up where I can because Allison's just straight up the teacher now. She's teaching the kids and not not virtual learning. She's homeschooling. I don't know, maybe that's selfish of me too. I haven't really done that much more. <laughs>
0: I think that's the takeaway here. Yeah. Um, the other interesting stat was a larger percent of—I'm trying to find it exactly. Oh, so 68% of dads say they now feel closer to their kids because of the pandemic. You agree with that? <laughs> Answer carefully. I, I don't know. I think I've—I
1: love, love being a dad, and I don't think that I've—I could get much closer to the kids. Like, you know, like I—I'm with them all they the time. I build Legos for like. Hours a day and wrestle with them and watch watch, and read and, and do all kinds of things. So I could s- see where that stat is true, but I don't think that I am as close as I can be with my kids right now to the point where um, my son, my oldest son, had his first loose tooth. And you know oh. tell me because you don't want me to hug him and love him and say, oh, I'm so proud of you. And so I could only hug him and tell him I love him at bedtime now. So it's like, yeah, don't make a big deal out of it. <laughs> Okay? I was like, okay, okay, yeah, sure, sure. like, oh, but I just wanna. But, no, no, okay. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. No, cool, I know. The other one still burns around the corner when I walk in the door and give me a big hug and yells, daddy, which I love. The other one doesn't.
0: Well, we're in a, we're in a moment where both of my kids sob uncontrollably when I drop them off at daycare. Both <laughs> of them do. And no. so we drop off the one first, we drop off Everett first, and Abram is always like, <laughs> he's crying. <laughs> and then we go upstairs, we drop him off, and now he's crying, too. Why? Like, he, like, takes, like, that, that 30 seconds to, like, make fun of his brother for crying when mommy leaves. <laughs> and then he's crying. I don't know. It's like they're both in, like, a little bit of a phase. I don't, they... think there's, I don't think there's any, like, specific complaint or anything, but he always just says, like, well, why can't you stay with me today? I'm like, nobody else's mommies are here.
1: <laughs> Before they were happy to see you, or at least happy to go see their friends?
0: yeah no not anymore they're both just having a real tough time with the drop off but i think it's going to be sad the day that they're like deuces mom like shut yeah. me off down the block that's
1: interesting you know? i wonder if, if that's a phase at all that all kids will go through i mean i i guess obviously mine are both in different parts of those phases right now i'm hoping at some point my oldest well, he, he still loves when i'm around because he <laughs> wants to play legos all day but he just doesn't want me to He has a different love language. I'll say that, I guess.
0: Okay, there you go. It's more of a quality time as opposed to a good touch. Okay. Look at you pulling out the love languages. That's very impressive. I know lots
1: of stuff, okay? (laughs) Just wait. I'm a smart guy.
0: Well, I don't think you will mind me saying this, but when I was pregnant with Everett, you were the only person, I mean it, only person, who told me that adding a second child to the family was an absolute disaster and not to do it. Because <laughs> everyone else is like, yay, yay, more kids. And you were like, this yes. is terrible. You have made you a mistake. you baited me.
1: You baited me on that.
0: I did not. I yes, you did. did
1: you said, gee, Mike, what was it like having a second kid? And I was like, oh my god, it was a, it's been a disaster. And you're like, oh, well, I'm pregnant. I was like, oh, I mean, congratulations, I guess.
0: I don't think that that was the order. I really don't.
1: (laughs) Basically what happened.
0: Okay. So when was Alexander born?
1: It's two and a half years, two and a half years ago.
0: Right. But like what month would that have been? June. Okay. So June. All right. So that means, so when he was born in June, I was due then in January. So like when you told me that you were like fully in the throes of it, like you were in the trenches bad. Yeah. I'm going to tell you like, you were a hundred percent (laughs) right. Yes. Other than Everett being awesome, it was a disaster. It was a huge mistake.
1: (laughs) Because yeah, I mean, love both kids and they're both awesome, but the one still needed a ton of attention. And then the second one needs like five times that attention. You forget, you know, your, your parents forget all the parents forget what it was like, how difficult it is those first few months. And then when you have another one, because, like, even now, you just remember how cute they were. You look at the pictures. You, don't, you didn't take a bunch of pictures and video of them being just monsters. <laughs> they are. They really yeah. are. But, you know, probably when they're 20 in their 20s, it'll be worth it.
0: It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, be, right. it'll be great. Right. No, I, I just think that's the- interesting because you were – first of all, I appreciate I appreciate <laughs> anyone who's honest about their situation. Yeah. And so, at that time, I was, like, I was taken aback. I was, like, holy smokes. Like, I believe him. Like, I believe him that this is terrible. Well, like, I, there's nothing I can do about this now. <laughs> oh, right.
1: <laughs> but you get yes. by all that. I mean, the first year is pretty rough. You know, yeah. Allison and I haven't had a vacation on our own uh, since before the first one was born. And we, we need it right now.
0: Yeah. We're, no.
1: we're about at the age, if there wasn't a pandemic, we're at the age where we can leave, them, leave the kids with the grandparents for a week or, and be okay with that.
0: Yeah. Well, especially because I mean, with her spending all day with them in a oh, yeah. in a learning environment too, not just yeah. in a caregiving environment.
1: I every day I am just so thankful for what she does and impressed by what she does. And like I okay, so but how do you teach someone how to read? I don't understand. Can you go go over that again with me? Like, I, I just don't know. Do all right, fine. I, I can't do it. She's the best.
0: Do you guys do the Elf on the Shelf?
1: He is around here somewhere and down here in the storage area. We did. So he hasn't come before. out. We did it for a week, two years ago, maybe. Every day, another clever little thing. And then we're just like, you know what? I don't like this anymore. <laughs> the elf is going to stay on the shelf and not move. And then next year, he's not coming out. And he hasn't since.
0: Yeah, I think that's the right choice. That's something that I have flat out refused to do. I will not engage in this. Great call. Um, I, I, I see no purpose for this. I see no reason to do this.
1: I mean, it's just another thing that you have to explain the magic behind and then explain it again a little bit later on. And I don't want to do that. I also don't want to think of some clever new idea every day.
0: Yeah. If you could just
1: leave him right there. Okay. I guess that's fine, but I don't like it. I'm out.
0: Well, and I don't think I need to explain magic to Abe. I mean, this morning he threw a huge tantrum because some of his airplane toys apparently have magic, but they don't mm. anymore because Everett grabbed them off the dresser. And that was a huge, huge argument this morning.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, that's the idea behind the elf, right? You can't touch it or it loses right. its magic. Oh, so, right. he, so he gets that, yeah.
0: Yeah, because I think they have one at daycare, but he's trying to now claim that Everett can't touch any of his toys because they all are magic.
1: Oh, that is a shrewd move. Yeah. That is smart.
0: I mean, the application of this elf concept is totally <laughs> inappropriate.
1: Yeah, I don't like um,
0: So another of the articles that I pulled for you today, headline, Dad accidentally bakes kids elf on a shelf. <laughs> this happened in Overland Park, Kansas, where um, this family for some reason has three elves on the shelves. One for each kid? Elves on the shelf. No, I don't like that. Elves on the shelves. It's sort of like attorneys general. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so they have three of these elves. He and his wife, I guess, alternate, who has to do the hiding. One of them, the wife, put all the elves in the oven, mm-hmm. like with some sign that said, we're all toasty in here or something. And then the dad turned on the oven accidentally baked the elves. So Jeez. the wife the wife posted on Facebook, yesterday what started out as warming ourselves in the oven after a day in the fridge, things got toastier than planned. When this mama stepped out briefly to roam the Isles of Target, it wasn't long into my outing when I see, received the call from Matt, unaware of what I would hear next. Babe, I feel horrible. I cooked the elves. Thankfully the elf spittle got them in quickly and they are expected to make a full recovery. To whomever this may help in elf season, bake cookies, not elves.
1: Those things were like charred, weren't they?
0: <laughs> yeah, they don't look great. They don't I look mean, great. And actually, it could have been worse, because if they had melted in some capacity, that would have been on the bottom of the oven for life.
1: Oh, yeah. They could have been free, you know? They could have had a little elf funeral, and then all done. Move oh, on to some wow. different tradition. You
0: wanted to have... go dark with this thing.
1: But dads don't look in the oven. I mean... I'd never looked in the oven. Hey, did you take the pot that I had in there out? No, why would I look in the oven? I'm just preheating, I'm just trying to make some pizza. Did you, put a, did you clear out the pizza that was already melted on the bottom? Uh, no. And then the smoke fills the room. I mean, dads don't do that kind of thing. And I don't blame my dad.
0: Okay, so you are more of a 45% than a 56% guy, because you're not even looking oh. in the oven.
1: Well, I was starting the oven. That dad started the oven, that's something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess, I I mean, what a contribution. I've blown my hair back with your contribution. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I got another article for you, ready? I'm gonna file this one under like, I'm so angry that I don't think of this stuff myself. Virginia Beach resident creates diaper bags for dads. He left his corporate job, he stays at home now designing diaper bags for dads. If you would have thought of this, you wouldn't be having to wake up at all hours of the early morning to anchor what a show. Like? Yeah, oh, well,
1: yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, they're like a, okay, they're like a little backpack situation almost. Yeah, they're just a
1: backpack. What do you mean a diaper? It's a
0: backpack. Yeah, but the marketing and the execution of this, it has USB pockets, um... There are 19 different pockets for both baby supplies and electronics, including it fits your laptop. He calls it WSEL, work smart, enjoy life. They are water resistant and they can easily double as work travel or gym totes during the baby years and beyond. It's not about an original product. It's about the fact that everyone wants to get a diaper bag for the dad Mm -hmm. and He's got the only product on the market. It's genius.
1: That is a brilliant idea, and I wish I would have thought of that. But, like, years ago, because we, when we had our second kid, I hated the first diaper bag that we had because it was a shoulder strap one, but it didn't have flowers on it or anything. I don't know, understand how women, by the way, keep their purses on. Mine just slips right off. Like right, it is place, a struggle. My laptop in, it just falls right off. He's like, put the pressure on it. Can't stand it. Can't stand it. So we got it. We got a backpack diaper bag. I don't think it was called diaper bag for men or anything, but it was just so much more convenient. And I think it was—I mean, it was just a, a backpack with some yeah. good compartments in it. But you just rename it a little bit. That's what they taught us in those in classes, like growing up. Invent something, and then people would just invent stuff that was already invented and call it something different.
0: I know it's marketing. To figure that out, to be, so I,
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I feel stressed out about that, because I just feel like I would be in a completely different position right now if I had invented the diaper bag for the dad. Have you invented anything? I haven't invented a thing, no. I invented a fork that had a spoon
1: and knife attached to it. I was in, like, fourth grade.
0: Was that, a, like, a science fair situation?
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't like to brag, but I was <laughs> invented. Ever heard of it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what that meant? On Wednesdays, I got to go to a different building and invent a fork, spoon, knife combo that didn't work and was dumb to begin with. But uh, you know, I wasn't gifted, no big deal. <laughs> Is
0: gifted still a thing? I don't know. And there was anybody like actually, like, what did that mean really? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Cause yeah, I remember there was a group of kids that like got to go do something else. But I never really understand what, and I think they kept that from us, simple-minded kids.
1: <laughs> you guys wouldn't, you guys wouldn't have understood. <laughs> no. I remember watching uh, some video about a red balloon, and it was in German, but I didn't speak
0: German, and so oh. that's what we didn't get in. Is did it inspire the song? I think so, or maybe. nine lift balloons. Lift lift balloons. <laughs> what is it?
1: I don't know maybe it is lift it's l-u-f-t i don't speak yeah, german i
0: don't know i don't even know what that means okay <laughs> so no it um, wasn't it, they can't be related
1: i don't know which came first the video or the the song i suppose either one of them could have come first yeah we we're doing that and making those little remember the printer like when those matrix printers where you had to like peel off the side
0: what matrix it's printer
1: matrix printers it was really loud and it would wheel through and there was little holes on the side. and you'd
0: Oh yeah and yeah. You'd rip it off. Uh-huh.
1: I remember making these like egg creations and we would fold them together and the little accordion legs. So we did that in gifted too. Oh. Basically that's why I'm here and uh you're in the same position as me pretty much.
0: <laughs> well, hey, I mean, come on now. Give yourself some credit. You have risen to the ranks of what? You're in a top twenty market, top ten?
1: Thirty-five.
0: Okay. Actually All right. maybe
1: thirty-six at this point. But yeah. Okay.
0: Um, that's a pretty big deal. And also, because it's interesting because um you used take for sports. And yeah. you, you pivoted. You did a you did a news pivot.
1: I did a news pivot for family reasons because as a sports sports anchor, reporter, sports are played at night and on the weekends, and that's when I would have had to work. And I didn't, you know, like I said before, I'm home most of the day with my kids, and before, yeah. I wouldn't have been home at all, even, or even on the weekends, really. And so yeah. I didn't want to do that, and sports jobs were hard to come by and being eliminated in many cases across the country, and so pivoted to morning news, and I'm happy I did it. Um, but I did, I love doing sports. I love covering sports. I've been to a couple of Super Bowls, a bunch of uh, NCAA March Madness tournaments, hockey tournaments, Stanley Cup playoffs, World Series, all that stuff. And it was all super fun. Um, and I love, I really love covering high school and telling high school stories too. And yeah. you know, college and all that. But I was, I didn't really like, even like sports anymore after a while. You know, really was just really? Like, it yeah, and you know now I don't like sports anywhere near like anywhere near as much as I used to, or think it's anywhere as important as I used to. I don't study sports things or read sports articles anymore. I watch the game, I watch my teams, I hope they win, and then afterwards I just I wait till the next game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Do you like? Do like? Are you sad about that being missing from your life, or not really?
1: Not really, because. I kind of laugh at myself when I was younger for thinking about the blocking scheme of Kansas state football or something like, like why, why did I spend time worrying about that? Why did I spend so much time? Like, why do I know the name of every single nineties basketball player on every single team? Why did I do all that? It doesn't doesn't matter. I I was a kid then I guess, but now I know exactly what I have to for work and enough about my teams to be cheer them and be mildly upset if they make a higher or fire or whatever signing that I like or don't like. And then, you know, I get, th- I get upset when they lose, but not that upset. Not like I used to. It wouldn't ruin my day.
0: This sounds healthier. It, it is. <laughs> and I
1: read books about history and presidents and fiction books, <laughs> not sports books all the time anymore. I care about things that are important, more important at least.
0: Do you think Allison would care if we told the story of how you guys met and how long it took for you guys to finally <laughs> be together? Because I think it's a great story. I really like this story because it happened. It happened when you and I were both living in Wichita. Yeah. And we were working for competing stations in Wichita, which is so funny because broadcasting really is like just such a small, small world at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, for like three years there, our paths crossed in Wichita. Yeah. So I really want to tell that story because it, it involves a grand gesture. And that's <laughs> what I like about it.
1: I don't think I've told anyone or many people this story. I mean, people really? that were with me in Wichita like you at the time when I was just like a wreck because I, I, you know, Allison was, I was in love and I didn't know what else to do. And yeah. She, uh, she was in Chicago and I was in Kansas.
0: Okay. So start from the beginning. Like talk about like where you met her and stuff.
1: So she is the sister of my best friend's wife. So my best friend, my college roommate, um, growing up, we've we, known each other since Little League in second grade. He married Kara, and Kara's sister is Allison. And I met Allison for the first time at Kara's birthday party in uh, Naperville, Illinois, 2009. I was like three days from moving to Kansas for the first time. for my new Okay. Dad. And we both were interested in each other. Like We caught each other's eye, I guess I would say. And, um,
0: <laughs> but you know, yeah. I was moving
1: in three days and yeah, so I did that. I didn't see her again and really until, um, Nick and Kara's wedding in Mexico a year later, she was seeing someone then. And, but again, we hit it off and then I got home and I was like, Oh, geez.
0: Well, yeah. Sl- yeah. Slow down. Cause that's, that's the part where I joined this story because yes. you came back from this wedding and you were like, Holy crap. like i just spent the entire weekend with this girl and you were like you you were a wreck coming back from this trip like you were you were unwell you were unwell
1: i was unwell and i was stayed unwell for a while (laughs) because i needed to you know i was in love and i eventually let my contract run out in kansas because there was no way we were going to be dating long distance that just wasn't in the cards And so I was like, all right, well, if you can't date long distance, I need to shorten that distance. Uh, My contract went out in Kansas, moved to Chicago, tried to play it cool. You're skipping
0: parts. I feel like you're skipping parts. I can't I I Again, I've never really told this story to anyone. You're skipping parts. My memory serves that it wasn't just like as simple as like, hey, like, I like you, you like me. Like, I feel like she was like, buddy. You're not coming here. You live in Kansas. Like I'm not interested. Like I feel like she stonewalled you pretty good and that's why you were such a wreck.
1: <laughs> a little bit.
0: Yeah. I no, don't a know it. Because I'm you brought like... her, you brought her as a guest to my wedding, okay? Which happened before you left Wichita, okay? Yes. So we were both in Wichita, went back to Chicago for my wedding and you brought her as a date. And at that time, you had to convince her to come with you as the date to my wedding. Yeah. Because she was like not having it with you.
1: I mean, she was having it a little bit with me. We were talking. We well, like, I was...
0: I, one of my favorite pictures from my wedding has nothing to do with <laughs> me at all. It's a picture of you and her at whatever table I sat you at. And like she is looking at you with pure disgust. And that <laughs> picture that picture is in my wedding album because I love it. because it just is so telling of that moment. She was not having it with you. Hey, and so when disgust? did the grand gesture take place? So she comes to the wedding. You're still not dating. You live in Kansas. She looks at you with disgust. Disgust is a strong captures one. Captures it. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, what's the grand gesture you're
0: thinking of? The book. You wrote her yeah. that book. All right.
1: Yeah, I wrote, a, I wrote a...
0: Yes, and that was when you were still in Kansas that you wrote that book. <laughs> This I is wrote the a worst novel. story ever. Why are you so bad at telling your own journey story?
1: Oh my, because I think she'll probably, I'm not going to tell her this is coming out then. I hope she can't hear me up there.
0: <laughs> what? Why?
1: <laughs> you know, some people are a little more private than others. <laughs> but yeah, so I wrote uh, I wrote a short story, a pretty long right. story actually, um, about uh, two people, <laughs> a distance of about, I don't know, 12-hour drive, eight-hour drive, whatever that was. And um, I, I, like, wrote out the story. I wrote out our story and mailed it to her with some red pens because she's a teacher, and she could grade it or whatever. (laughs) I've never talked about this before.
0: I just think it's really cool. Like, honestly, how many movies have the guy writing a book after the girl can't stand him for years (laughs) and... (laughs) <laughs> the book changes everything. Okay. I feel like this is a great story. I can't believe you guys don't tell this story about the great gesture. Where is that book right now?
1: Um, I don't know where it is right now.
0: <laughs> I'm beginning. I'm I'm just beginning to be feel worried about this whole situation. Uh, you know,
1: I don't know. It's kind of embarrassing, a little, isn't it? It's a, I do why agree that it be it's
0: embarrassing to go after the woman that you love, the woman that you're pining away for whilst living in an apartment in Wichita, Kansas. It's the saddest thing I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> well, it worked out, all right, at least We yeah, got that's married. Why it's a great story
0: because it worked. It wouldn't be a great story if then you went and married Jennifer and the book yeah, never I mean, worked.
1: That would have been depressing, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> the book is somewhere, it still exists. I don't know if it exists on a digital copy right now because I have like two computers past that and like catastrophic failure past that. Um, But uh, yeah, it uh, helped her know that I was very serious about it. And when I moved back, (laughs) I tried to like very coolly ask her out on another date, try one more time.
0: Did she respond to the book? When you sent the book... What was her response?
1: She enjoyed the book. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like a... <laughs> it, it wasn't a walk-off home run, you know? It, I,
0: okay, okay.
1: I wasn't... I didn't win the championship on that one. Okay. <laughs> but it was it, it got the ball rolling, I guess. <laughs>
0: I just wanna know why this story is so painful for you because I was so
1: afraid that you would ask me about this.
0: <gasps> really? Why? Yeah.
1: Like, why? like I've never talked about it. I don't know if anybody except her closest friend knows about it. I have never told anyone about it but you probably because I was like in tears for months and months. I
0: know. I know. I feel like I feel like there was a Jimmy John's lunch in which we spent a lot of time talking about this. <laughs> probably. I think it was a Jimmy John's, even though our our spot was more of a Five Guys. Yeah. Didn't we go to Five Guys a lot? Did we? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah sure. Because it, it
0: was on the west side. Of Wichita. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Where else did we go? We went to Old Chicago a lot.
1: Old Chicago a lot. Did you ever go to that other sandwich place that was like on the far northwest side? I don't know. had this like spicy chicken sandwich, it was so good. I rode my bike there once, it was like 15 miles away.
0: Oh well, yeah, you got into the bike riding. Oh yeah. Yeah, you that really more... went through some ups and downs.
1: I started like, reading a lot, like a lot, and running yeah. a lot. Biking a lot.
0: Yeah. Just gonna make yeah, you yourself a real... better person, yeah. you know? Yeah. You're no, you were, see, that's, why it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's
0: why I think this is such a good story, because honestly, who, Who can say that they were pursued by their eventual husband in this way? I mean, Turner had to try like 0%. (laughs) I was in.
1: (laughs) But I mean, wouldn't it be embarrassing if you were the other person that was, I don't want to say, not wrong, but like caught, captured, you know? No,
0: it's the the dance. It's the tango.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm sweating. Mm -hmm.
0: I really don't think this is a story to be embarrassed about. I think it's, I think it's very cool that potentially you can go to Mexico and like fall in love with the love of your life. And then a short nine months later, a book arrives in the mail. That's cool.
1: I would say I am not embarrassed by it, but it is a personal thing that I just haven't talked about, I guess. And um, I'm glad it worked. I'll put it Let's Let's say that. Well I'm not
0: taking this out. Fine.
1: Don't. <laughs> she, well, we're like 35 minutes into it anyway. She doesn't even watch the newscast for 10 minutes a day. So I don't think she'll make this time.
0: <laughs> She's teaching her children. I agree. They're intellectually superior because of it. <laughs> I'm gonna really push the issue on this. Can you talk about like how the pandemic has like influenced the dynamic of your marriage? because it has big time for mine, for sure. In what way? Um, I'm home a lot more. Yeah. Um, which is not like, it's not a bad thing in terms of like being around each other more, because we weren't around each other at all. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? When I was working nights, right? We, um, like we were never at home together five nights a week. And so now I am home seven nights a week, which is, a different dynamic for us which is much more helpful because I would say that in my household I was the one who was doing less and he was doing more just by virtue of ours right so I mean yeah. it's like we've been able to even out the duties in that way you know so that totally is a d- dynamic changer
1: yeah there's no break for any of us so that's been that's of course been different you know there's no you don't go to your friends. You don't. I don't take the kids to see the grandparents. Or you know, she doesn't get a break. There's no break yeah. for her. I get a break when I go to work. When I like, I drive. I drive half an hour each way and listen to podcasts or crank some music or whatever. And it's driving to work. I'm driving. I'm commuting, but it's still alone time. It's still personal time that I get to do yeah. whatever I want in that area. But uh, you know, Allison doesn't get that, and I really tried to help give that to her she would get it before when she would go go out with friends go have girls night or whatever and that just hasn't happened at all either and I do my best to make sure that she is happy I don't think our dynamic has changed that much because again my schedule hasn't changed it's just that she doesn't get a break so it's a lot more difficult for her and I do my best to help that but you know these kids are maniacs (laughs)
0: <laughs> are you still um a subscriber of the grand gesture do you still do gestures
1: not so grand anymore like i'll stop and pick up some nothing but cakes or a
0: <gasps> you guys have that there oh, oh on a the way home too. yeah and
1: they have and they have gluten-free nothing but cakes which is oh. key for me
0: it's nothing but cakes
1: but that's what i'm saying
0: no you said butt cakes <laughs>
1: nothing but cakes <laughs> you Okay, well, at least I put a space between butt and cakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Nothing bun to cakes. Do you want yeah. me to say blues?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: better. <laughs> Not quite so grand of a gesture, but, um,
0: yeah, I believe in that. I enjoy I mean, cake is a big deal for me, though. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what does Mike want for Christmas? That's... Always an
1: impossible question for me. My birthday is also in December, but like I don't ever Oof. know what I want. You know, I joke and say I want a PlayStation Five. I don't really want that. When am I going to play that? I wanted a snowblower. We need a water softener. <laughs> you know, like I guess that's what I want. <laughs> we got the snowblower for my birthday from. from oh, okay. So that's good.
0: My friend Carrie asked and is going to receive a wheelbarrow for Christmas. <laughs> that's awesome. My I husband. mean. I feel like if she, she wanted it, she should get it regardless. I don't think that should be her gift, but she's fine with it. She's comfortable yeah. with it.
1: I got my dad socks for Father's Day. Just just socks. Because I thought it was kind of funny. But like, mm-hmm. My brother just got me socks for my birthday, and I was like,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, these are good socks. I like them. <laughs> That's a really dad thing of you to say. Isn't it? I don't know how that happened. It just happened. It happened to all of us. Right. You know? <laughs> I want a new sweatshirt with
1: no logos on it.
0: (laughs) None (laughs) of that Abercrombie and Fitch nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) They still have that. Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I only shop at Forever 21.
0: (laughs) What else do you want uh, people to know about today? I think we're winding down.
1: I always ask people at the end of an interview, was there anything else you want people to know? And usually they're like, no. I only say the wisest thing I've ever heard. I know. Uh, I'm not going to do that. No, I, yeah. I don't know.
0: That happened to me yesterday. So I'm out covering a story about Henry and his Christmas yard. Okay. okay. Henry's a dog and his owner decorates the backyard in this big, big inflatable display. It's a big deal around here. A lot of people go yeah. visit it. It's been going on for like eight, nine years, something like that. Henry passed away just last week in the most 2020- moment ever. I mean, only in 2020 does the Christmas dog pass away. So yeah. here I am, I'm going to go and cover this story about Henry the Christmas dog having died. There's a big memorial to Henry in the yard. Okay. So I show up there, and the owner of the Christmas yard is named Scott. And Scott shows me a big piece of paper. And he's like, look, this kid stopped by. His name's Brayden. He made me this big poster, a drawing of the Christmas yard, R.I.K. Henry. Braden's such a nice kid. What a sweet guy! Um, you know, he loves Christmas. He loved Henry, and he brought me this poster. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. He goes on to tell me that, you know, with Henry dying and him getting older, and you know, it's time to retire the Christmas yard. And he's going to give his 32 foot Santa, the big spectacle of the Christmas yard. He's going to give that big Santa to Braden because Braden's <laughs> such a cool kid, loves Christmas so much. He's starting his own Christmas display, and so. Henry's died and the Christmas yard is over, but Brayden's now going to live on. And now I'm like in tears and I'm like, (laughs) holy smokes. Like I came here to do a story about a dog that died, like the most depressing story of all of 2020. So I'm interviewing him and I said, I can't believe it. I can't believe I thought I was going to be here to cover this story about your dog dying. And on camera, he's mic'd up. He says, Denise, you thought you were coming here for a sad story. It turned out happy after all, and that's what Christmas is all about. And it was like the most (laughs) mic drop moment of any interview I've ever done in my whole career. And it was! That is what Christmas is all about.
1: That is. That's awesome.
0: So, I guess what I'm asking is, I want you to give your mic drop moment so that we can get out of here. Your mic drop. Hey, hey, do you have a segment called Mic Drop? (laughs) You got one of your names. I know. You need to come up with a segment that you call the mic drop, or you come up with a podcast that's called the mic drop.
1: I used to have a segment called I'm Glad You Asked. Mic drop is really good, though, too.
0: It's really good. I want you to run with it.
1: I'll consider it.
0: Look, if you were in this market, I'd be executive producing the hell out of it. I mean, I would just...
1: (laughs) I do have a Christmas special airing Christmas morning, so in case you don't want to have spend time with your family, watch the CBS 58 live stream.
0: What's your Christmas special about?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, it's about all the stories we can tell so that we have Christmas morning off uh, in one one way. Yeah. But really, it's about, my, we have a bunch of performances from like the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra from this local uh, rapper. He's got a rap about gift rapping about... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Making homemade Christmas gifts. No, this guy's really cool. His name's West Tank. He's during the pandemic, he started rapping Doctor Seuss books over Dr. Dre beats, and just like exploded
0: all, all oh, over. Wow, Seuss. that's awesome.
1: Then he got a, his own show on this this app called Cadoodle TV, and um, this is one of his one of his episodes is about gift wrapping, about how you can make your own gift, and he's like, this gift wrap is my gift to you. The gift of your mind plus the gift of your time is the best gift there is. Mic drop. Actually, West Tank drop, but whatever. Mic drop.
0: So you just rapped like a news anchor in the most newsiest news anchor voice I've ever heard.
1: Am I talking like a news anchor this whole time? I think that's yeah. just how I talk. Like I just always talk like this.
0: Yeah. Sometimes Allison's like, why are you talking like that? <laughs> <how> I talk? <laughs> That's what my dad would call his business voice. I'd always be like, why are you yelling at me? And he goes, it's my business voice. I think I have a business voice, too. I, I think agree you with that. Yeah. You ever have
1: to, like, make a phone call? Do you make your phone calls at work in front of people? Or do you go hide? Oh, high no. High no? High I, I leave the room. Oh, because you have to talk with your business voice.
0: Yeah. Like, Hello it's embarrassing, there,
1: Mr. Johnson. I'm uh, wondering if I could blah, blah, blah. And really, I would mm-hmm. never, ever talk like that. It's so embarrassing.
0: Well, and I'm such, I'm a delight over the phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, my voice goes up like four octaves. <laughs> great. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. Oh.
1: <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mike, this was uh, a great little chat. I think, uh, I think the people are going to demand you return.
1: Okay. I'm very happy to be on a mother level and I love your podcast and you do great work. <laughs> And I would like you to know that I had a podcast way before you in 2005 where I did long form interviews with Western Illinois athletics people and nobody listened to that. But I did
0: it. So you were, a, you were a podcast pioneer.
1: I was a pioneer. So you're welcome for paving the way for this awesome podcast. And um, <laughs> I'm glad that you picked up the torch
0: and kept, kept running. I really, you should really consider this mic drop thing. <laughs> I wonder if it already exists. <gasps> i it does. It, it does, does exist. There's, there's the mic drop. There's Cliss's mic drop. The big mic drop. The daily mic drop. Mike reads Wikipedia. And pastor <laughs> mic <Mike> drop.
1: <laughs> I can, do you know Mike reads Wikipedia? I want to be on that podcast. Is it, the, is it all of Wikipedia? Does he just read it straight through? Like a full eight hours?
0: It's four minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> the big mic drop. A big man with big opinions and a big attitude. Social commentary for the people with a twist of ingeniousness and smart assedness
1: I feel like I could at least sub on that one.
0: Oh, there's um, there's a drop the mics featuring Michael and Mike. (laughs) Uh,
1: That's why I wasn't so excited about it. It just seemed unoriginal, Denise.
0: The mic drop moment. (laughs) The (laughs) mic drop with Mike. Okay, I'm going to end with this one question. If you were not... A morning news anchor what would you be doing recently mostly after watching the west wing i think i
1: would want to get into politics i'm Either very interested in this office or working for someone in office some kind of public service i think at this point i think that's very important and i think that i would want to do that i was in as we mentioned student council in high school i recently just remembered that i was in interhall council in student government and at western i totally <laughs> forgot i did that but uh, Lately, I've been very interested in that and think that that is something that I could have done and maybe someday would do. Maybe not run for office, but be part of the team.
0: The Mayor the Mayor Mike podcast.
1: Mayor Mike. Now that's a good name for a podcast.
0: And that's where we end it. Because this is about my, my podcast, not yours.
1: Yes. Okay. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Bye, Mike. Mike, thank you for being a good sport and for playing along with all of my questioning. You can follow along with Mike in his broadcasting career. He is, um, I never mentioned, he's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and he works for CBS 58. So you can follow him on Instagram. His handle is at Mike Kirkhoff, C-U-R-K-O-V, at Mike Kirkhoff. So you can follow him there, and um, he posts really funny stuff sometimes too, so... Anywho, delighted that you joined us for another episode of On a Mother Level. Thank you so much for listening and have a great Christmas.
1: You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network.